Hello and welcome to this Christmas edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler. Over the years, we've welcomed some wonderful guests onto this show. I thought it would be a great treat to give you a present today from our archives of radio shows produced around the Christmas holiday. So we'll take a few highlights from several shows to make one spectacular show for you to enjoy. We'll first hear from J.B. and Beth Bryson. This couple has shared together in ministry for many years and has some wonderful insight for creating proper traditions centered around Christ for celebrating Christmas with family and extended family, which can be difficult at times, as you know. We'll also rewind to an interview I did back in Branson, Missouri a few years ago with the Lennon Sisters and a surprise visit from Tony Orlando. There's also a couple of other surprises as well. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. You know, holiday time means families getting together. It's time for hugs, laughter, sharing hot cocoa. You know, we've all seen the smiles around the dinner table. Would you pass the turkey, please, Aunt Margaret? Uncle John, here, take my seat. Allow me to put some more stuffing on your plate. You know, honey, I'm so glad we drove those 10 hours to be with your loving mother. You know, there's something magical about the holidays that makes all families united, full of love, and so glad to be together. There's probably a 95% chance that does not describe your family around the holidays at all. Maybe it's more like, I'm not going to Uncle John's for Christmas. It's always boring. You know your mother drives me crazy. Why ruin my Christmas each year with her? Your parents never give me anything for Christmas I can really use. Besides, I hate fruitcakes. Your mom doesn't like anything I do. We've been married now for 14 years. It's the most miserable time of the year, spending time with your family at Christmas. Well, I don't know if any of those scenarios are part of what you do at Christmas time, but we want to welcome you to Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler. Today, we're going to talk about the holidays and how to cope with family during holiday time. We have the experts in the house. John and Beth Bryson are here. The Brysons are here to walk us through the process of getting together with family. JB, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Byron. Good to and see you. And you brought man. your wife with you today. Hello. Hey, Beth, how are you doing? I'm great. Thank Beth, you. Beth, tell me, how did you meet JB? Well, I met him in Denton, Texas. It was my senior year of college, and he was there partaking in the Denton Bible Church under Tommy Nelson, the discipleship program that he does every year. And he came over after college to do that program, and I met him there in our college group. And you guys have been married for how long, JB? Just over 15 years. It'll be 16 years on January 1st. And Beth, you have two children? We do. We sure do. Tell me about the kids. Um, they're a huge gift. We, Our children are from the gift of adoption, and our daughter is nearly five. She'll be five in January, and our son, Bo, is 20 months old. And they're both uh, domestic adoptions. My daughter's from Los Angeles, and my son, Bo, is from Wichita, Kansas. So it's so. exciting around the Bryson home. It is. It and is. you guys are getting all ready for Christmas? We are. Decorations are flying everywhere. It looks like Christmas threw up all over our house. So uh, <laughs> we, uh, I joke with Beth all the time, our house looks like the Cracker Barrel. So there's uh, very few <laughs> square inches not covered with something Christmassy. Yeah, that makes it fun. And so uh, is home in Texas for you guys? Beth grew up in Texas, and, and I grew up in a little town in eastern Kentucky. And after college, moved to the Dallas area, and that's where we met. So we met right after college and, and spent about 10, 11 years in Denton, Texas, and then moved here to Memphis about six years ago. Some of the first big decisions in marriage, especially when it's close to the holiday time, is mm-hmm. where are we going to spend the holidays? Mm-hmm. You know? yes. How are we going to divide the time mm-hmm. together? You know, <laughs> Your mom doesn't really like me, I know. or you know, th- th- All those kind of things that we painted here are a real 
issues for folks. Yes. Absolutely. Yes, very much so. In fact, we have an interesting challenge. My family is 10 hours to get to them because I grew up south of Houston. And then John is about eight hours, his family from here. And so we really put that as a huge importance, though, uh, that we want to be there every holiday. And what we do is we switch off, and it works nicely. So you switch the holidays off. Mm-hmm. We do. One Thanksgiving will be the major ones. But originally in our marriage, I told Beth I'd like for my family to have Thanksgiving and Christmas, and she can have St. Patrick's Day and uh, <laughs> some of the lesser holidays. But uh, no, just kidding. We uh, Yeah, with the major holidays, we switch off. And so we'll do Thanksgiving with one family one year and Christmas with the other and then do just the opposite the next year. And it's worked pretty well for us. One of the things, too, it does it can also, as you've been married for a while and the kids start getting older, it can really cause tension in your own home because yeah. you guys want to start traditions. That's right. Absolutely. That's right. That is very much so. And what we've started to do since our little girl is approaching five, we tend to stay home on that actual Christmas day now, and then we'll take off the day after. And that's been working out. Is your family coping with all this? They've had to cope with it. <laughs> so yeah, that's really, I think, a lot of first big step into kind of the establishment of your own family is to, as a family unit, create your own boundaries for just like you said, Byron, so that you can make your own memories as a family. And so uh, we chose the route to just kind of deal directly with that and talk directly into that and just kind of talk to my mom and dad, which in reality, it's talking to mom and mother-in-law and uh, just said, hey, you know, from this point moving forward, uh, we're going to celebrate family in the holidays. But for the actual days, we're going to create that space just for our family. Really, the key here is that you guys have to be in agreement. Mm -hmm. Easily, you could say, well, mom, you know, I really want to be there. But, you know, JB is just as insistent that we do it this way. And and it could go the other way, too. Absolutely. You guys have to be in agreement. Is that right? That is absolutely correct, Byron. And truly, the first year that we tried this was two Christmases ago. And that morning, my phone rang and my mom, who is really big on traditions, she said, I cannot believe you're not here. I've got the cinnamon roll ring coming out of the oven and you're not here. And I had in that moment to be strong and just say, well, a confident woman, like we read about in Proverbs 31, that she smiles at the future and just to be that woman. And then I think about our marriage and I truly try to put into place, she does him good, not harm all the days of her life. And I want to be that woman in Proverbs 31 to strive to be. And so as I strive to do that, I was just able to say to my mom, well, this is the decision we've made and we're going to be there tomorrow. And I can't wait to have some leftover cinnamon ring <laughs> exactly. and, and just to truly be confident and kind and thank her, but not fall into anything like that because I have to honor him first. Save some cinnamon roll for me, Mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, it's, it's just working together through that, but you need to make your intentions known, JB. Absolutely. And, and I really think it goes back to something deeper, which is the biblical mandate God gave us to leave and cleave uh, as the very genesis, literally in genesis of a marriage. And all of us want to cleave well. We want to have a rich marriage and be connected to our spouse and connected and building our own family unit. And we, we tend to blow past the leaving part of that, that it really takes a leaving well from one's mom and dad in order to cleave to a spouse so that ironically and paradoxically, we can circle back around and best love and serve our parents in their latter seasons of life. And one of the things you could do to take advantage of driving that 10 hours, you know, to see family with the kids, maybe, J, 
maybe you've discovered, hey, you know, not too far, another hour away, there's a nice little resort or retreat place. Mm-hmm. Beth and I can get away. The kids can stay maybe for a day or two just for us to get away. Mm-hmm. That gives grandparents the time to have the kids. And is that a good thing? That is a good thing. And I think that's a very creative way to do that. And even as you're mentioning that, you're bringing up what I call men to do, which is to be the directional leader of their family and to think about these times and these holidays as times on, not times off. So even in that, what you just described, it was an intentional father and an intentional husband who was pre-thinking the trip, pre-thinking opportunities to create memories, bond with his spouse, do nice things for the in-laws or the parents. And it's just really calling dads and husbands to be on during the holidays, not off, and to see it as a wonderful time to build memories and to create legacy for your family. Because you know, JB, you and I, it's easy for us to go find where the guy's hanging out. Let's grab a bowl of nachos and let's go watch the football game while, you know, and just disinvolve yourself with the family and the kids while you're there. But that's not the best thing to do. No, no. But that is our typical default, you know, is just to veg on the couch and stuff ourselves with carbs and watch football endlessly and just be a big grump, you know, that everybody else has to kind of work around. Or we can choose the what I call the more noble pathway. And it's one of my favorite descriptors of Christ in 1 Corinthians 15, that he was a life-giving spirit. And that's really the challenge I put on myself is what does it look like for me to breathe life into my spouse, into my kids, into my in-laws? How can I maximize this holiday season to be a life-giving spirit just like Christ was? Beth, some of the things that happen too, we unfortunately, family members pass during the year or close to the holiday time. It makes it difficult. It changes the dynamic of family when you're trying to go. And it can actually cause you know a lot of grief and stress and, and make it even a whole different kind of challenge. That really is hard. I know John, his dad actually has had a couple of different illnesses, has had two battles with cancer and then heart surgery. And it's just been interesting going home and just seeing him not feeling good. And thankfully now he's doing better. But when we go to his parents' house, just being courteous and then adapting to that if his dad isn't feeling well, being courteous to keep the children out of the way and just being adaptable. And I think too, with that, it reminds me, I was thinking of this today, not to have expectations. That has been really, really huge for me to not have expectations when I go to his parents' house or when I go to my parents' house, because interestingly enough, he's the only person in his family that lives out of town. And I'm the only child in my family of four that lives out of town. And so when we come in, for me to not just have a lot of expectations coming all that way. My sister and her life and my brothers both live there right near my parents. And that's really been big for me to just kind of die to myself and go in and just be there to serve and give instead of thinking, oh, I want y'all to all come over and drop what you're doing and come over and see me every minute. And I've, I've just been learning to just go down there and be content and just be happy at my parents' house. And if I get to see my sister, great. But to not put so many expectations on everybody, it makes my holidays a lot better. When you look at this, JB, I was just thinking about those situations where you leave the home, you go away to college, you know, you meet your spouse, you get married. And maybe you left the house as a non-follower of Jesus Christ because mm-hmm. your parents are not followers of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. but you return home as a follower of Christ. Mm-hmm. We had that scenario if I was a college pastor for 11 years of my life. And every fall, bar none, you know, we'd have these college students that would come to Christ. And about November, right before they went home for Thanksgiving, I would get them all in the room, these new Christians who were so passionate to go share verbally with their friends and family what had happened. And I would tell them something that was counterintuitive to them in the moment. And I'd say, hey, for the next six weeks, why don't you not say a word? And why don't you go home, 
communicate well with your parents, engage them about how their life and year and week is going. Why don't you cut the grass without being asked? Why don't you get up and do the dishes as soon as dinner's done? Why don't you go to bed at a normal hour, get up at a normal hour, engage your parents, talk to them, share with them what's going on in your life, being unbelievably courteous and kind and nice. Once they pick themselves off the floor by about Saturday afternoon, (laughs) they're going to ask you what in the world has happened to you. There's your platform. You know, you go love them and serve them and make them beg the question that can only be a gospel response, that the only thing that can explain this change in my behavior, this servant's heart, this desire to add value and to bless and to get outside of myself and to get outside of my own typical narcissistic world revolves around me, mind frame, is the gospel and what Jesus has done for me. And there's your platform to share who he is. Wow, that's powerful. Our family, the way we got together at Christmas time, it was like a war zone. You pass the presents out and like, go, you know, and it's like there's <laughs> wrapping paper bowls being thrown everywhere, uh, boxes. It was an explosion. Yes. When I married into my wife's family, the gifts are passed out. Okay, it's your turn to open a present. So everybody watches while that one person opens the present. Yep. Of course, I've been trained now, so I know the proper way to do this. Okay. <laughs> well, then you got the other war of is it Christmas Eve you open the presents or is it Christmas morning? So exactly. That split families as well. But there's a lot of things that we allow to divide us, JP. Yeah, absolutely. Just like this. It, it shouldn't. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's why it's just so crucial to have that Christ-like attitude, to be content, to see it as an opportunity to bless others, to hold the holidays loosely, to die to my expectations and to go to serve and love and just enjoy what is and embrace what is. Because at the end of the day, it's about celebrating. It's not even about meals or even ultimately about family. It's about remembering that Christ came into this earth to be our salvation and to impute to us righteousness and to satisfy the wrath of God, that we may know God and have peace with him and be forgiven. And so, man, all of this is kind of layered on top of that. And so, you know, remembering the purity of that, I think, helps me. I was just thinking, too, JB, there might be a single person, a college student, who might not be able to go home for Christmas. Maybe they have to stay in town because of a job. They get invited to a friend's family, mm-hmm. you know, for mm-hmm. Christmas, mm-hmm. the holidays. It's easy to be all poor, pitiful me. I don't get to go home. Yes. But, you know, it's to go out from yourself and reach out. Yes. Absolutely. And that's been one of the most beautiful pictures of the gospel I've watched over the last 20 years are families who just kind of have an open table, open chair, who will invite folks in who may not have a place to go for Thanksgiving or Christmas. I know for our college students, a lot of them would have to stay in town through the holidays. And so many people in our church would just let that be known to me. And so we could kind of point some of these collegians or folks that couldn't go home for the holidays or lived a long way away or had to work, like you mentioned. And so I think that's something all of us as believers ought to have in our mind is, man, how open is our table? How open is our home during this time for maybe, like you mentioned, someone who's lost a spouse, someone who's had a loss to open up our homes and invite people in. I'm proud of my parents for doing that. I know the first 10 or 15 years of my life, there was always somebody else at our Christmas table or our Thanksgiving table and to really kind of perpetuate that idea and that thought. Take us into the Bryson home, (laughs) just Beth and John and the kids, tradition, things you've started over the years and that you enjoy together. One thing that we enjoy is opening up our home to our friends. That is a real highlight for us. Every year we've had people into our home and invited new friends, old friends, and had everybody come over, and there's lots and lots of food. One of my favorite memories was 
when we lived north of Dallas in Denton. We lived there nearly 12 years before coming to Memphis. And since we worked with the college students, we had <laughs> mostly in the yard over 300 students <laughs> um, in our house. And it was so full at one point, I couldn't get out of the kitchen. I literally got stuck in the kitchen. And there were so many people there that I, I did not even really know because people knew that they were welcome in our home. And so they were bringing their friends. And I can remember at one point walking around and introducing myself saying, hey, you're at our house and welcome. And it was just a really, really good time. Lots of food to be had. And it's just neat to see that the Lord blesses that. He blesses our desire to open up our home and fellowship with people. And that's just one of my favorite things about the holidays. Yeah, probably within our nuclear family, we do um, a kind of a Christmas decoration day where we put out the lights, put up the tree, and then we're Christmas morning folks. And so we're uh, there's special gifts laid out and we have a lot of anticipation Christmas Eve. Christmas mornings are pretty special where we read the Christmas story and have a breakfast together and then open some gifts. And so it's a real special family time for us. Memphis is such a fantastic place around the holidays too. the different displays of lights and it's just such a fun place to live all the time but especially during the holidays. Yeah we did the starry nights the other night uh, out mm-hmm. at uh, Shelby Farms and we've done the um, the big backyard. Yes. They have a Christmas display at the new big backyard at the Botanic Gardens mm-hmm. and um, there's just so many neat things to do. I love that about Memphis. Ron Norton, take us into the Norton home at Christmas time. What's it like? Special traditions or things that you enjoy? There are lots of special traditions. Uh, some that are new, also. He's had his tree up for three weeks already. I tell that. Well, we that's jump- true. Now I'm telling the truth, aren't I? That is true. We recently moved into a uh, a new home, so it was just easier to put the Christmas tree up four weeks ago than it was to put it in the attic for one week or two weeks and then take it back down. So uh, for us, traditionally, we usually put our Christmas tree up the weekend before Thanksgiving. And was it a live tree or artificial? No, artificial tree. We <laughs> We tried the live tree for the first two or three years of our marriage and then went artificial several years ago. We have two little girls, a five-year-old and a six-year-old, and there's just something special about you know having kids at Christmas, the joy and the wonder and the excitement, Christmas Eve, Christmas morning. So for us, our tradition is uh, just our family on Christmas Eve, and we gather together in the living room, sing Christmas carols, read the Christmas story, open one gift, Christmas morning, you know, come back together, read the Christmas story again, talk first about the meaning of Christmas. You know, why are we celebrating Christmas? It's about the birth of Christ and why we give gifts and then open our gifts and all of our family comes to our house and just have a great time wow. with our family. Okay, now it's time for the Oliver Home. What do we do there, David? Well, we just finished decorating our tree. Our kids are in college. Our tradition is a little bit different because we've always been leading Christmas music. And when we get through those Christmas music, we always spend Christmas Eve and Christmas morning at my wife, Renee's, mother and daddy's, Papa and Mimi, as it turns out. Our tradition is for their family to come. We re- the kids get to read the Christmas story. And even though they're older now, we've done this for about 18 years. They still want to read that Christmas story, and we talk about the real meaning of Christmas and the real meaning of why the greatest gift is Christ. I remember watching the Lawrence Welk show with my mom and dad, and everyone remembers seeing the Lennon sisters. And here in Branson, they have a show, and we're here right now with the Lennon sisters, Mimi, Janet, and Kathy. Merry Christmas, ladies. Hi, thank you so much. Morning, Bot Radio. Hey, thank you so much for sharing with our Bot Radio Network friends. Hey, what's Christmas mean for the Lennon sisters? Well, we just have a huge family, and many of us live here in in Branson. I think there's about 40 or 50 of us here in Branson, so a lot of get-togethers, a lot 
lot of food, a lot of laughs, a lot of singing, and a lot of love. And one of the things that Christmas means to us that the Lennon sisters actually started on the Lawrence Welk Show as children in Christmas Eve 1955. So it's absolutely amazing for us to come up to the holidays like this and know it was Christmas that many years ago than we started on the show. Mimi, what was it like growing up on the Lawrence Welk Show, being little girls and especially around the Christmas season when y'all did special Christmas numbers? Well, you know, um, I was just two months old when my sister started singing. So you were um, so we've well been, Christmas. whenever they needed a little girl, I was on the show or we were on the Christmas show every year, all 11 of us, because there are, there are eight more uh, at home. So Well, and so you have some fond memories of Christmas, I know, being together. When you think of Lennon Sisters, you think of family. I know you shared with me last time, it was it your grandmother that used to sing around the house together? and Everybody in our family sang. Our dad, his brothers, our grandparents, our mom, and uh, we always sang around the house. It was a, a real source of uh, togetherness for us. Could you maybe do a little something for us? Sure. Do a little. So have, okay. so have yourself a merry little Christmas now. Merry Christmas to Hey, here's Tony. Tony Orlando, these, you work together with these ladies. Oh, are you kidding me? My mama didn't raise no fool. Are you joking me? Look at this. These girls, are you kidding? Not only beautiful, but they're an American treasure. Uh, yeah, you. I wore my military garb because I want to remember our military who are serving our country during this holiday season and that Branson cares, not just... On Veterans Week, but every day in Branson, Missouri. So we have our Veterans Tie, but we have our Christmas show together. And let me tell you something, we're having a good time. Christmas for you, Tony, what's it mean? Christmas to me is remember that the Christ was born on Christmas Day and that the real true meaning of Christmas is, is the birth of Christ and that we should not take the word Mary out of it, period. Merry Christmas to the Lennon sisters, to you, Tony. Thank you for sharing with our Bot Radio Network friends. God bless you. Merry Christmas. Hail, hail to the newborn king. Let our voices sing him our praises. Hail, hail to the guiding light. That brought us tonight to our Savior. Alle, alleluia. Alle, alleluia. Alle, alleluia. Alle, alleluia. Shine so bright to the knowing 
After two long years due to COVID, Bellevue Baptist Church presents a Memphis tradition reimagined Bellevue's annual Christmas presentation filled with music, drama, and holiday hope with all new themes and experiences December 8th through the 12th at Bellevue Baptist Church. Pastor Steve Gaines shares the true focus of the singing tree and how you should use it as a tool to share the gospel with your friends and family. I think we need to think like missionaries where we take a never-changing gospel to an ever-changing culture. If you're in Brazil, you learn the customs, you learn the language, you learn all about Brazil that you can and you share in Portuguese. If you're in some other place, you do the same thing. We are in a different America than we were 10 years ago, 20 years ago, especially 40 years ago when I was a kid. I'm 51 years old and I guarantee you America has changed and if we don't share the gospel in a relative way, we're not compromising the gospel. There's still the cross. There's still the resurrection. You have to repent of your sins. You have to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. All of those things are still the essence of what we share, but we must, we cannot be stagnant. And so many of our churches are fossilized. They're absolutely fossilized and they're worshiping a form of worship or a form of a style of music or something like that. We need to get over that and share the gospel in a relevant way, sharing it in the power of the Holy Spirit and letting God change lives. And I think that's the essence of Christianity. You know, that's what Paul did. That's what he said. You know, I make myself all things to all people that we may by all means and methods save some. So that's what we're trying to do at Bellevue. We don't want to be in any way compromising the gospel ever. We will never compromise the word of God, but we must constantly being future focused and looking at the society around us and say, how can we best reach these people with the gospel of Jesus Christ? One thing I would say to your listeners is a lot of times they'll say, well, you know, I've been in the Christmas tree, been there, done that, don't need to go back. That's the wrong way to think about it. And we're telling our people the same thing. A lot of our people have seen it 30 times. It's not about, hey, is there going to be something new there? There is going to be something new. It's going to be fresh. It's going to be new and all that. But please understand that this is not about us. This is not about you. This is not about whether or not you've seen it, you've been wowed by it. This is something that I want to encourage all of you believers, buy a ticket and then buy a few extra tickets and invite your friends because they will come and they will hear the gospel. They will see the gospel and they are more receptive at this time. Use this as an evangelistic tool to not think so much about, well, I've seen it before. I don't need to see it again. That's not even the issue. The issue is this is an event you can come and bring somebody with you, especially a loved one, a neighbor that you've been trying to witness to and for whatever reason they've just not been open to. I'm telling you, it's a amazing. We see hundreds of people saved every year. They're more open at this event than just about anything we do. Thanks for stopping by this Christmas edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. I told you it would be an incredible show today. Keep in mind that if your church has special Christmas celebrations through music, skits, or other ways presenting the gospel during the season, send me an email to btyler at bot, B-O-T-T, radionetwork.com. We just might be able to share it on a future broadcast during the holidays. Thank you for listening. Merry Christmas. And may the gift of Jesus Christ guide you to life everlasting. I'm Byron Tyler.